Welcome to episode 130 of Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church for Christ Church and all who would care to listen in. We are uh, so thankful you've joined us uh, again for this conversation. My name is John Payne. I'm the senior pastor of Christ Church Presbyterian here in Charleston, South Carolina, and I am joined uh, by my co-host, Dr. Gabriel Williams, professor of atmospheric physics uh, in uh, the College of Charleston, uh, and uh, currently a little grumpy because he's <laughs> grading uh, final exams and papers. And uh, how's that going for you, Gabe? Well, it's going. <laughs> The best you can say it's going. <laughs> How many students do you have uh, in your in your classes? So let's see. Uh, I'm teaching a first year experience course, so there's about 25 of them, and I have a two upper division physics courses. So one has maybe 14, the other has 11. So it's not that many papers you need to grade, but it's the first year experience that's the main headache going on right now. <laughs> But even so, you know, you're, you're a person who doesn't understand academics. I mean, when you have uh, 30 exams or papers yeah. plopped down on your desk, that takes time. It takes some it? time to go through. So today and probably tomorrow will be all day grading papers and giving commentary and posting grades. So it's going to be a long two or three days here. Well, Gabe, today we want to discuss um, a, a topic that is something that people are thinking of all the time, and that is how to balance uh, between the intake of media and keeping our minds uh, mm -hmm. on uh, the Lord and on the right things. Um, uh, a, a topic I think that a lot of Christians are thinking about. Very much so, and uh, actually this was a article that you wrote in the bulletin for this past Lord's Day, and it has also appeared in, on the GRN website on December the 2nd. So what I want to do here first is kind of read the first uh, paragraph here to kind of give us a, a good sense of the lay of the land when it comes to the sort of things that can lead to distraction for Christians, particularly this time of year, and especially since we are in the midst of a political season of voting that's coming on. So you say the following, John, it's astonishing what we often find ourselves thinking and talking about these days. Informal conversations at work, chatter in church hallways and discussions around the dinner table explore subjects that in former days made people blush with embarrassment or recoil with shock. The moral revolution in the West, coupled with the modern media's publication of one salacious headline after another, has profoundly affected our dialogue. It doesn't help that many are addicted to 24-hour news outlets, entertainment channels, and social media apps. The result is a growing desensitization to the degeneracy of our culture. Moreover, minds and conversations are cluttered with endless news stories of the wickedness and perver perversion of our time, what the Apostle Paul calls the things of the flesh. That goes from Romans 8, verse 5. Later on in the article, you write the following. Could it be that many of us have unwittingly allowed the outrageous headlines of the world to capture our primary focus and attention? Could it be that the glow of our screens and the news from our feeds have diverted us from things above where Christ is and drawn our hearts to the things of the earth? And that's a reference to Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2. So that basically leads to the question that you raised. Should we not remain informed about the things going on and how do we properly balance 
the need to remain informed with the command that we ought to fix our minds and hopes upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I think it's something, um, the, the genesis of this article is just my own, you know, desire to know what's going on. Um, you know, like you, Gabe, I have an active mind. I'm mm -hmm. interested in knowing what's going on in the world. But news agencies, uh, mainline news agencies, uh, have become like tabloids That's right. uh, in, our, in our day. And so when you sort of see the first 10 articles listed, you know, half of them might be uh, things that really don't qualify as news. You mm -hmm. know, what, what some Hollywood actor is doing in their sex life uh, is mm -hmm. not news. Exactly. Um, uh, you know, and... and and also hearing one kind of salacious story after another or one grisly hearing about one grisly murder story after another i mean you know we live in a country with what 300 million people um, right. uh, because of our border crisis maybe you know that's grown in this past week by mm -hmm. a couple million <laughs> um, but here we are, this massive country. Of course, there are going to be terrible things happening right. all the time. And are those worthy of getting frontline attention? Well, the reason they get posted, just as with the tabloids, <laughs> is because it sells. That's right. Murder and sex and controversy, um, it sells. And so, mm -hmm. so now, major news, there are a few serious newspapers and mm -hmm. online journals and such uh, left, but not many. Mm -hmm. um, and and so we find ourselves wanting to be informed, but then also drawn in to a, a lot of this kind of salacious uh, uh, news stories, and uh, our, our minds get cluttered with a lot of junk, mm -hmm. and we don't find ourselves meditating on the right things. And this is a part of what you've mentioned already. Uh, for those who do advertising, uh, there's a well-known understanding of human psychology that um, lower base um, sort of values sell over higher, more proper <laughs> sort of values. And at this point, one of the things that I find very important when discussing this topic is thinking back to the old virtues that the scriptures speak about all of the time. And once you see it once, you'll see it repeat all the time. The most basic cardinal virtue that addresses this is the idea of temperance, what the scriptures call self-control or mm -hmm. sobriety. Now, we often think of those virtues in connection to food and drink, and that's because we know that food and drink dominate our base appetites in very real ways. But remember, the things that go through your eyes also affect you in very real and sometimes irreversible ways. And so when we talk about temperance and self-control, what you should now think in your mind is just as much as it's a sin to be addicted to food and it's a sin to be addicted to drink, it's a sin to be addicted to what comes through your eyes that grabs your attentions constantly. I used to tell my youth uh, when I was a youth pastor, Garbage in, garbage out. That's right. Uh, what you take in will be often what flows from your your mouth mm -hmm. and is in your thoughts, right? And so, uh, this is why I think Paul uh, exhorts us as Christian believers who are fighting against indwelling sin and temptation uh, to think on things that are uh, worthy and virtuous, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. And so, uh, he writes to the Philippians in Philippians four eight. Finally, brothers, whatever is true. 
whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, once again, mm -hmm. I understand that all news is, uh, you, you know, g going to have aspects to it that are, um, you know, important to know. Mm -hmm. It's important to you know, know kind of what's going on around the world, but but when we think about the salacious news stories of our day and we think about what we're commanded in the Bible to think about, whatever is true, mm -hmm. okay, that's a problem. Yeah, so, is it yeah. true? Is, it, is, are we, is what we're reading true or uh, conjecture? Um, whatever is honorable, mm -hmm. um, you know, just, pure, lovely, commendable. So, so what should we be thinking about if these are the things we should be thinking about well of course christ amen is the ultimate one who is true and just and honorable and pure and lovely and commendable i mean he is uh all of these things and more and so this is why paul again exhorts god's people in colossians 3 uh, saying, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds mm -hmm. on things above, not on things that are on the earth. Exactly. Again, he, he's not calling for a kind of uh, first century monasticism, even as mm -hmm. we are not calling for a 21st mm -hmm. century monasticism. It's not, you know, the, the, the options aren't bury your head in the sand or, or, or be absorbed and consumed by modern media. Those yeah. aren't the two ditches. Exactly. You know, there, there's somewhere in between where we are careful about that and the self-control uh, aspect is huge, Gabe, and mm -hmm. I'm glad you uh, you brought that up for us and for our, our listeners. What are some other ways, Gabe, that that we as Christians can be careful not to allow ourselves to be consumed by all of this uh, this news that's coming at us constantly, and also you know entertainment as well. Yeah, and so this is something that we have both a lot of. Um, you can say secular psychological research on as well as just the experience of Christians throughout the ages. The simplest way to know if you're addicted to something is to stop doing it for about three days. And so, for example, if you talk to someone who has a alcohol addiction and they deny it and you just ask them, try not drinking for three days, mm. see what your physiological response is going to be. That will determine how well you're addicted to something. But this is also true for mental processes. So, for example, turn off your social media for a day or two and see what your natural reaction is. If you are perfectly fine, you go about your business and you don't really notice anything has happened, that probably means it hasn't reached addiction level. But there's probably a number of people where if you don't have your phone on your side and you don't hear the buzz, you probably have a certain unease with yourself. That's the beginning signs that you know that you have reached addiction level. Same is true also for sexual addictions as well. And so that means the first thing you have to do is to test yourself to see if you've crossed over to that point. Second point is what you often hear in terms of people who have drug addiction is that there's always what we call a detox process. And detox doesn't just mean that you lock yourself in a room and you just kind of bear it out. Essentially what it means is that you are removing the element that is causing the addiction and you are replacing it with something else because you cannot detox 
purely upon willpower. You have to actually have a superior goal, a superior end, or you know, as John Piper would say, a superior pleasure to and, do that. And let's not forget that God has given us His Holy Spirit exactly. and the means of grace to to yeah. help us in all this. This isn't yeah. sort of pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and put in the right formulas. Mm -hmm. uh, God has given us His Spirit. Yeah. And so, for example, for those of you who are married, one way that you would do this is turn off your social media, spend some time with your children and your wife or your spouse. And the idea that you're doing there is that you're training yourself not to spend your leisure time by yourself. You're training yourself to spend your leisure time with your loved ones. And that means you've replaced an inferior goal, social media uh, alertness, with your actual higher end which is meant to be your relationship with your children and your spouse. For those of you who live in places that have natural beauty, go outside. Because one of the things that we know from scripture is that God has designed the natural world to be a lowercase s sacrament of sorts to focus your hearts towards heaven. You look at the natural world around you and it lifts your eyes heavenwards to the God who created, sustains all those things together. So the, the point here is that there always must be a replacement to actually overcome any sort of real kind of social media type of addiction. Amen. It's, it's one of the points I, I, I try to make in my article that we ought to evaluate our news and media intake, That's evaluate right. our entertainment intake, evaluate the amount of time we spend on social media. Um, Mental health experts are talking about this now. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they weren't maybe a decade ago, but now they've seen the results of uh, the, the kind of addiction to digital media that we're seeing mm -hmm. today. Video games, yeah. uh, entertainment, um, uh, social media, it's causing extreme loneliness mm -hmm. uh, and it's causing depression, mm -hmm. uh, disillusionment, um, anger. Uh, and and so, so, so people are uh, being affected negatively by all of this. And so the first thing to do is to uh, evaluate your, your your news and media intake, and even large organizations like Meta um, and, and the iPhone and such, um, they they understand these things. And while they they're not doing enough, uh, we do have the iPhone with the uh, screen time function, mm -hmm. which is helpful. You can actually look and see how long you've been on each of your apps. Exactly. And if you look down on your your social media app every day, and it says you know three hours, four hours. That's a real problem. Mm -hmm. uh, so there are ways to actually set up your phone so mm -hmm. that you have less time on those. Exactly. They, they'll tell you, hey, you've already spent your time limit, and uh, that, that can be helpful as well. One of the things I will also say, and this is actually a very important issue, I think it's very important for each person to separate their news from their social media. And what I mean by that is do not use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram for news. Use that for your friends. There are actually lots of web pages or apps that will basically give you a summary of the basic news of the day. And what you will learn is that the news that you probably need to read takes 20 minutes because nothing happens that often that's that important, right? And what happens is that if you use everything with social media, so your interactions with friends, your news, your, you know, heaven forbid, your gossip <laughs> sort of stuff, 
that means you're trying to do all of that at once and that's when 20 minutes goes up to an hour and a half so what i did for example was when i wanted to make that separation happen i found a, a series of websites like one is called 1440 it gives you a daily news headline of what's happening or there's something if you want local news we have for instance in this area something called Newsbreak, where you just basically type it in into your phone and then put in your zip code and it gives you the news stories to your zip code so that means you know what's going on locally which is actually important compared to what's going on say in a bunch of places that you can't control and again it takes maybe 15 minutes to do 1440 it takes probably 10 minutes to do your uh, news break local news and now you basically said you got your news in for 30 minutes now that means the only reason you should ever be on social media is if you intensely want to talk to a friend once you're done with that you now move on to something else that's extremely helpful gabe uh, thank you for those resources and uh we have to say this as well, don't we? That all this distraction, all this addiction to social media, media intake, uh, it has compromised our piety. Correct. It has compromised our personal piety. And so uh, what happens when you're always scrolling and swiping? Uh, you're not reading and praying. That's right. Um, you, you're, you're not loving the people in front of you very well. Uh, and so... Uh, we, we shouldn't be so full of anxiety and so worried that if we put our phone down for a few minutes or leave it in the car or when we go for a walk with our spouse or whatever, that the whole world is going to turn upside down. I mm -hmm. understand there are times when parents need to be reachable and all of that. Yeah. I get that. But the idea that we can never be away from our phones is um, is, is oppressive. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like the phone is... A, a tyrannical, you know, exactly. do, do you have your phone or does your phone have you? Exactly. Um, and so making a commitment to spending time with God every day personally and, and personal Bible reading and prayer with your phone not right next to you, uh, uh, making a commitment to family worship, making a commitment to Lord's Day piety and setting aside entertainment, news, all these things uh, on the Lord's Day, not being consumed by that, those are, those are really uh, very easy. Easy, practical ways uh, mm -hmm. to to as you say earlier uh, you can't just give up something and not replace it with something else or else you'll mm -hmm. be right back to doing what you were doing and so exactly. make those changes and uh, of course as we approach the new year what a great time to make some new commitments for 2023 exactly and if you consider how short your days are and how little time you have in this world, that should be sufficient enough to evaluate what is actually most important. Do you really want to be the person that at the end of your year, you spent 300 plus hours in social media? Now that's low for most people, but do you want to be the person who spent a thousand hours in social media on a whole year? Now, this used to be the complaint we had about television. There used to be these stats that say the average person watches television four hours a day or something like that. And if you just multiply it by you know, 360, you're looking at 1,440 hours of TV per day, oh, sorry, per year. Do you wanna be that person? Especially if you're a Christian, that means you spent, you have, and your, and your real goal of spending your time well, 
that means you've wasted basically one quarter of your daytime activities scrolling through your phone. 1400 plus hours scrolling on a phone means you spent 1400 less hours in prayer. It means you spend 1400 less hours reading the scriptures and just meditating upon the glories and riches of Christ. Amen. The, the cumulative effect mm -hmm. is really humbling mm -hmm. and sobering, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you think about using that time uh, in reading good books. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, let's say you exchange 1400 hours of scrolling mm -hmm. for 1400 hours of reading the Puritans and the Reformers and yeah. modern books that are standing on the shoulders of those uh, theologians. I mean, think of how much more knowledge of God and 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 encouragement and blessing mm -hmm. you would receive. Exactly. Uh, now, th again, that's that doesn't need to be wholesale. I mean, mm -hmm. you can do these things, but 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 with with self control and not giving yourself and your soul and your mind to these things. Um, on the topic of reading, I'll end with this. Uh, not many people read anymore, and uh, I believe it's important for, for Christians who are able uh, to cultivate the discipline of reading. It, it slows your mind down, mm -hmm. it, um, it, it, it strengthens your, uh, your, your long-term attention span, which, which all sort of psychologists are saying we're losing. Mm -hmm. In our day, uh, because we're all about the the snapshots and the headlines and the quick reads and the social media, and and we don't have long sustained thoughts and meditation that affects our Bible reading and affects our sermon listening. So to, to to really cultivate the discipline of reading, even just reading five ten pages a day of a good book, mm -hmm. think about if you do that for three hundred sixty five days, mm -hmm. you've read several books that year and. Um, and so I would just encourage that. And there's a wonderful book written by one of my favorite authors, Alan Jacobs, called uh, The Pleasures of Reading in an Age of Distraction. Mm. And it's a really helpful book uh, for how we kind of need to get back to reading good books and enjoyable books um, because it's just an important part of our of being human is to, is to connect in these ways. Uh, with our past, with good authors, with important and higher thoughts, rather than, as you mentioned earlier, Gabe, the uh, salacious sort of base thoughts that mm -hmm. are connected to the kind of lowest parts of our nature. Exactly. And uh, we need to be removed from that. Well, um, it's been a good conversation, Gabe, and uh, thank you for your helpful thoughts. And I hope this has been helpful to our listeners. And uh, we look forward to uh, being with you next time on Between the Times. Mm -hmm.